Hello, my name is Eric Barr. I am the CEO, a director, and chairman of New Age Metals. New Age Metals is a company that has uh, two focuses, two green metals. We have a platinum group metal division and are developing one of the largest undeveloped projects of its kind in North America. And we have a lithium division in Manitoba with seven projects and uh, just joint ventured with the fifth largest mining company in the world to help us develop that. Harry, nice to meet you. First time we've met or spoken. I uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Now you're, you're holed up in uh, Hawaii, you told me before we started. Uh, how are things over there? Well, they're just, I think, winding down the COVID thing and it hit them hard on the tourism side. I've been fortunate enough to, to have several places over the last 25 years here. Uh, having lived in Vancouver, this is one of the places you would come to. And the first trip I made, I actually bought a little condo here and uh, I've kind of traded up over the years. So I get over here in the winter months and work from here if I can and typically travel to conventions uh, when they're on, but they canceled the last two or three we were to do. So I've been stuck here and working from Hawaii. It doesn't sound uh, such a hardship, Harry. No, You're it's, not it's definitely me. nice out there. <laughs> hey, right. Um, like, like I say, it's the first time we've um, heard the story or, or, or spoken, so therefore I want to kind of uh, dig into it. But I always um, like to understand who I'm talking to and, you know, and, the, and a little bit about the team they've assembled. So you can give us a bit of a background on you, um, you know, in, relative to what you've been doing here. Yeah, I've uh, been in the mining business since I was a kid. Uh, I had a crazy old uncle who at 70 years of old of age, I'm 67 now, decided to go to the jungles of Columbia and, and buy a placer gold mine. So in my mid-20s, I was able to go down there and got caught with the bug. And uh, not many years later, a couple of years later, I went to Vancouver and started my group of companies, uh, all of them that are still running today. Uh, I started uh, Alaska Uranium. I started uh, Free Gold Ventures, uh, which is as a multi-million ounce project up in uh, in Alaska. And I started this company, which was called Pacific Northwest Capital first. And we renamed it uh, in 2017 to New Age Metals. Uh, we still have El Nino in the fold. It's a little junior that's working down in, uh, in Brunswick on a zinc project. And um, this is our main focus, um, New Age Metals. Okay, and so, so what, are, what are you by training? Are, are you geo? Well, I went to uh, where uh, I am uh, was to be a fourth generation farmer. I went to the University of Guelph in, um, in uh, Guelph, Ontario and studied agribusiness. And um, as I say, my uncle asked me to go down to help him run his classroom mine and that's how I got started. So I'm not a geologist or an engineer. I've uh, worked with them all my career and um, Basically, I'm a deal maker and a financier and uh, try to keep teams of people together moving forward towards a common goal. Okay. And it sounds like just you sort of give us a bit of a clue about how, how you think about um, these sorts of projects. You have sold or spun out or JV? We've done a bunch of a little bit of everything. We've spun out. We've sold. We've um, the joint venture option joint venture agreement we just signed with uh, Mineral Resources, the fifth largest lithium producer that we'll tell you about more, uh, is, was my 44th deal I've done with a major, uh, either an option, earn in, buyout, or we earned into their projects. So I've done a lot of work with majors over the years, and they finance a lot of our projects. Okay, so, it, so project generator, uh, explorer, is that, is that, I'm trying to frame you in, in yes, something. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, I've never, uh, never really tried to be a producer, uh, just was, um, something that uh, I felt 
you know, our team and the people I work with, which are mainly geologists, uh, certainly some engineers too, um, we were better at the exploration game. So that's what we've stayed at. Okay, so you, um, if you don't mind, I'm going to jump jump around a bit and sort of deal with some of the outliers, and then and then, then end up on the River uh, Valley uh, Palladium project because I think that's that's your flagship, right? So you, you've mentioned sure. them twice already: uh, uh, mineral resources, Aussie nine billion dollar Aussie company, pretty big. Um, they have you, you're working with them on the lithium uh, project in Manitoba. Yeah. So what, what what is the structure of, of, of a deal like that? How, how does that help you with your other well, projects? In 2016, we decided to put together Lithium Division and I uh, was fortunate enough to uh, run into a couple of people who knew the industry pretty well in Manitoba and they helped me put together what, what we have seven projects now. There's more coming down the pipe. And it was our stated objective from that time to actually bring in a joint venture partner, uh, you know, somebody that was in the industry who wanted to help us develop the projects. And, and the, that division was always our secondary uh, item. This will be our first big year where there'll be somewhere in the million to million and a half dollars going to the ground and at least two drill programs. So um, we put together a list of potential partners and went out to them. And we were fortunate enough to get an email back from Mineral Resources last, uh, I guess it was a year ago this past February. And then we uh, spent the most of the season putting the deal together. They'd never worked in Canada, so there was a lot of due diligence. And then we finally announced the uh, option joint venture agreement in late uh, September. And it's um, $4.4 million of which uh, um, we get $400,000 in cash payments uh, and $4 million plus goes into the ground for them to earn 51%. They can earn up to 75%. There's two more chunks, 65 and 75. At 65, they've got to do at least a pre-feasibility study and some economic studies on at least one or more of the projects. And they have to have it basically kind of shovel ready to get to 75%. So it's a relatively good deal with a lot of more millions and millions of dollars to go in before we have to kind of buck up. Okay, so... At the set Sorry, sorry. Well, I was about to say it, it, it's a sort of a standard deal in, in that sense. You're carrying through the FID, but you got 400 bucks out of 400 bucks out of it, um, and they have got a period of time to deliver a certain amount of spend. It, whatever, what time frame That's is right. that? It's, I didn't catch that. Uh, well, in the first, uh, it's um, uh, 42 months to to get their 51 percent, and then in the seven to eight year period to get the the balance. Um, we are the field manager, so we also receive an income for doing basically work on the ground and, um, you know, have uh, a fair good say in it. They have the final say because they're writing checks. But being great partners to date, and we're just trying to get our 2022 budget finalized now. This is their budget time, so we submitted everything to them, and we should have that in the next couple, three weeks, I hope. Right, and we've, we've talked about a, f a few a few companies this week with deals like this, where you know big guys come in, Everio comes in, or a mid-tier comes in, like you know, like these like uh, mineral resources, MRL, um, or MRN, as they all know. Um, they it can be a great thing for companies like you. People get excited about what is uh, going to happen. Uh, you know, it's all it's all kind of blue sky and it's all up. Um, and when they, but they, what are they? 
when they don't find what they're looking for, or it doesn't deliver the scale that they're looking for, it, you know, it has a sort of knock-on effect. You know, again, people think, oh no, there must be something wrong here. So you've done quite a few of these types of deals, Harry. So how do you mitigate the kind of over-enthusiasm of a, when a deal like this is signed and sort of temper it um, to make sure that there's no sort of r- real n- negative effect, like say, if they hand the project back to you? Yeah, well, I mean, it's always, uh, I think, negative at first when a project comes back. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's the, a good reason there just isn't enough mineralization there to make it worthwhile. Um, for them, the case, but it may be good for you. Yeah, for them. Yeah, You know, a, a case in point right in-house is our River Valley project. Uh, we end up buying it back from Anglo Platinum, the largest producer in the world at the time, uh, after they'd spent $30 million. Well, two of the fellows are, one's on our full board and one's on our advisory board that were head of exploration worldwide for Anglo now. And it wasn't because they didn't like it. It was because... Um, a new CEO came in and shut off overseas exploration in five countries. So, you know, it depends on the reason. Um, it depends on the size. Sometimes you're giving back something that wasn't big enough for them, but, uh, you know, you have the fortitude and you keep moving forward and you make it bigger. And sometimes you'll get another major. I've had projects where I've had four majors on, you know, and so, um, it, it just depends on the circumstances. And then, what, what, and again, coming back to the fact that you've done quite a few of these, uh, Harry, is what's your expectation of what happens at the end of this? When you get through to FID, you're fully carried through at that point, but then at that point, you're going to have to stump up the cash. I, I, sus- I suspect uh, there's a conversation well, to be had, right? Well, we have a, a fairly good clause in our contract. At that level, we have the right to have them help us get a loan for our 25%. Got it. So we're, we're kind of, not, I don't want to say we're carried all the way through, but there's a very good chance that, that could be the case. Okay. And, and there'll, be, there'll be a cost to that. But how, how do you then reward your shareholders? Because like, I'm looking at your company, you're, what have you, 20, 25, 30 million market cap, depending on the day of the week. Um, and it's kind of moved sideways for the last 12 months or so because it's been, it's been sort of difficult. You know, it's, been, it's been a bizarre time because the precious metal prices, the battery metal uh, prices are of the commodities are going up. But the obviously the junior uh, explorers and, and certain pro- uh, project generators, they're not seeing the benefit of that yet. I think just the producers are. So it, it, you, you've got to, your shareholders have got to think, well, how do I get rewarded? I'm, I'm sitting in here for the, for the long haul because of the nature of the business model, and that's fine. Um, but along yeah, the way, I'm going to get rewarded because we're going to spin out projects. We're going to sell projects. Is that, is that the way you think about it? We also put in this agreement that we have the right to spin this out into uh, either an existing pubco or a brand new vehicle, which then the shareholders would get a piece of. That's one concept. Uh, you know, going forward, possibly we just sell the our interest and and take that cash and go and do something else. It's it's just too early to tell at this point. Okay. And how do you how do you agree a price on that? Because obviously, if you went to um, your Australian partner, they're going to have a view of what that value is versus you. You're going to have a different view. How, how do, is that predetermined? Is there a metric in place? Well, it, it, it'll be mostly determined probably by the uh, financial documents that are created, you know, the economic documents and, and what our interest would be worth and, and uh, what what they can afford to pay us and still make, uh, you know, make it work for them. So, yeah, it's, uh, I think we'd have by that time, 
some pretty good documents that could help us point towards a number. Right. Okay. Now I'm just always I'm always kind of intrigued by the the, the mechanics and the, and the economics. So, okay. Well, let, let, let's park up. Let it, and actually, one more question. Actually, you 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 refer to these different parts of the organization as divisions. Right. You got lithium division. You've got your right. platinum group metals division, and you and you previously referred to division. Why 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 have you done that? What why the distinction? Well, I, I just see them as being distinct. Um, and and I think you could cut one out from the other and and, and still move forward. Um, so you know, platinum group metals are quite a lot different than lithium, although they both are in used in the automobile automobile industry and uh, and I think have a lot of uh, potential for the future. So uh, you know, that's what makes us a bit unique too. That I don't know of any other companies. Uh, there may be one or two that basically have both PGMs and lithium in, in their mix. So um, it certainly gives, I mean, some of the people are, who are shareholders have bought from for one division or the other. They didn't typically buy for both, but what I always say is when you buy a share, you get both. Okay, okay, well, let, let, let's park that up. Um, obviously, we'll, you know, sit and watch what uh, news coming out of of um, mineral resources and um, hopefully they, you know, pay attention to Because I, I, I suspect they have, you know, multiple optionality projects like this around the world. Um, but, um, you know, I guess the news flow will tell us, you know, what, what they think of it soon enough. Um, you've also got a nickel project over in Alaska. Um, that's within the platinum group metals division. So, what, what's happening with that? I mean, how's that advancing? Well, it's yeah, it's a mix. It's a polymetallic. It, it is platinum, palladium, copper, nickel. Oh, I saw copper and got excited. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, no, but it's uh, it's a very interesting project. It's never had a drill hole in it. We've got quite a few areas. One as much as two thousand meters where we've got very good mineralization on surface, like a couple of grams of PGMs and a couple of gram of platinum and palladium separate. And then up to uh, a percentage of, um, of nickel and better than half a percentage of copper. So it's a property that uh, road accessible, which is important in Alaska. We own hundred percent of it. And what we've been doing there, it's kind of been our third project is trying to find a partner. But the last couple of years, I think it'll be better this year in Alaska. You virtually couldn't get anyone to even visit the property because of COVID. So uh, luckily our holding costs are very small, about 40,000 a year. And we did do a $100,000 service program to try and find additional targets there last year that we should have an announcement on in the next few weeks. Okay. Um, so okay. we're looking for a partner there. Okay, so that, okay, strategic partner to come in, similar sort of setup as you've done on the lithium. That, that would be the idea. Yeah, that's the concept. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Um, right. Well, let, let's let's talk about the flagship project, um, River Valley Palladium uh, project. Um, why don't you give us a sort of a summary of that, and I want to sort of dig into that, if I if I may. Yeah. Well, the beauty of uh, this project is, first of all, is its location. Uh, we are about a hundred kilometers road kilometers from Sudbury, Ontario, and why Sudbury is important is that it has the ability to take our concentrates because the Two big producers there produce PGMs as a byproduct of their primary nickel copper operations. And to prove that point, there's only one producing mine in PGMs in Canada, and it successfully shipped its concentrates for about 22 to 24 years from Northern Ontario, about 800 kilometers away to Sudbury and still does today. That's the Lac de Zeal mine. Um, and, um, 
We're again, only about a hundred kilometers. The other thing about Sudbury for a junior company is everything you need from um, the drills to the assay companies, the metallurgical companies, engineering companies, environmental companies, it's all right there. In fact, uh, most of the companies that we're dealing with are from that area right now that are helping us with our pre-feasibility study. So over the years, we did have a partner, Anglo Platinum, who spent a lot of money on the project. And um, we, at that point, had probably about 2 million ounces of PGMs. Uh, we're closer to four in all categories now. Um, in 2005, six, seven, we started hearing rumblings of, of, you know, them running out of the ability to, to fund the project. Uh, they were the biggest company in the world at the time, but they changed their plans and they shut off exploration in all the five countries that we're in. So it took me almost four years to buy back their 50% interest. And I had that done in 212. But in 212, right till about 217, we just did the minimum amount on the property. We had parked it. Uh, times are really tough in the industry. And we were selling off some of our other assets just to keep everything going. Um, so it wasn't until 217 that we kind of reinstated the property. And since then, we've done a couple um, resource updates. We did a PEA in 219, and we are in the middle of a $4 million pre-feasibility study as we speak. So the property, even though it has tremendous exploration upside, it's 16 kilometers, and uh, we've only drilled about 60% um, of that. It's not all drilled out. We've got quite a few new till drill targets we've just generated, 40%. Uh, has not been drilled, although there's been a few holes in it. Uh, we've not drilled more than three or four holes past 500 meters, so it's still, uh, you know, in terms of depth, that we don't know the depth of it. We need to have a big program to drill some deep holes to, to show that it has potential at depth still, and lots of drilling to, to add more ounces. But at a certain point two years ago, we decided we have enough ounces, let's uh, walk through the... Uh, different economic uh, um, reports that needed to be done. So as I say, we're, our main focus is with five companies right now helping us do a pre-feasibility study. Right, okay, so the pre-feasibility -feas study will sort of, um, obviously help us understand, better understand the economics, because the, 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 the PEA, I mean, the, the, the pre-tax and after-tax IRRs were, were you know, quite low, like you know, thir 13 and 10% respectively, but that was on 1,200 ounce palladium and, 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 and 1050 platinum and 325 copper from, from, from memory. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Times have changed, right? Obviously, you know, I think palladium's possibly double that and copper's at around four, six at the moment. So it, it, it's in interesting times to be doing this, but um, is, is that, do you need numbers? To, do you think you need the numbers to be constant as in where they are at the moment for this project to be attractive. Um, are you concerned about the sustainability of the copper, the copper price or palladium price or platinum price um, to make the, the economics work? Because, you know, it's like 10% after tax IRR is, is, is on the lower side, right? Well, that's right. At $1,200, uh, that's where we were. I think, you know, if we looked at a number of $1,800, I think it's, it's going to be more than economic and anything above that is just pure gravy. So, um, and I think this study, we should either a two or three year trailing average they use. Um, so it should be in that range. Uh, I can't say for sure, but uh, uh, once the study's done, we'll know. 
but uh, I would think that it's it's going to look a lot more positive than the PEA. Right. Okay. And so, so what do you, what do you do next? Obviously, you know, people, you know, have been sending questions in, which was which is great. I think they're they're intrigued as to you know Eric Sprott's involvement and and, and others. Um, and and you know, and my question would come back to: given the model that you have traditionally engaged in, um, you're going to be looking for someone to step in now at PFS level, or do you think you can get it through the feasibility study? Well, I think we could get it through the feasibility study. Having said that, once we get this next study, the pre-feasibility in hand, we will be out soliciting. And and we're talking to people almost on a weekly basis to keep them up to date as to where we are. So uh, yes, we could bring in a partner as early as the help us do the, the feasibility study. Um, but we might go ahead and do it ourselves too. So we have basically a couple options there. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, I know you put a piece out about um, uh, a an MIU with local First Nations, um, very important in Canada uh, process to go through. I mean, how how long have that been in the works? Well, with the one group, uh, I think we signed something in two twelve, and have updated a couple times. Um, we signed a, a very recent um, MOU uh, with the second group just uh, this January. And they kind of came in because we, back about five years ago, we acquired the bottom four kilometers of our 16 kilometers, and, and that's where the second group came from. So we've been talking to them, and we uh, we got our uh, finally around uh, to... Um, meetings and then finally put together an MOU with them here in January. So we've got the whole district, as we know it, covered today. There may be other things happening with other groups uh, somewhere down the road, but uh, this is the two groups that the government have said we need to work with and we are. Okay. We have a good reason. Okay. Um, coming back to the beginning of that question, which was obviously Eric Sprott's involvement. Uncle Eric is, is always welcome um, with his checkbook. Um, What's his expectation of you? Why is he why is he in this deal? Well, um, I've been fortunate to know Eric for many years, and I wish we had in this industry about twenty more Eric types. He's certainly unique. Uh, he goes all in, and um, he wasn't very interested in platinum group metals. Uh, the last talk before he started invest I had was probably mid two nineteen, and he says he's starting to follow the sector, but he's primarily, as you know, a gold and silver guy. And interestingly enough, when I last talked to him, I don't know what his investment is now, I won't say exactly, but um, he quoted what would be a fairly big figure to us that he had in the PGM industry and said he just doesn't follow it that close. Um, so I asked him, you know, what do you think should be done uh, with only a handful of juniors in the industry and only a couple in Canada? I said, do you think we should be looking at maybe putting a couple of these companies together and whatever. And he basically said that uh, because he was more a gold and silver guy at first, he'd take our cue and uh, he was following the industry and, and wanting to get to know a little bit more about it. So uh, um, we've give him an update every couple of months and what we're doing. And uh, he is interested in following the rhodium that uh, we have in the project. We, the last uh, economic study had a, just over a hundred thousand ounces in a couple of categories. Uh, but we weren't you able to use it as a payable metal um, uh, yet because we're going back in and we just didn't assay enough samples. 
So we're, we're going back through our uh, drilling and our core, and we've probably sent in the third batch of, we usually send between two and 400 samples in. And so we are working on rhodium and trying to bring it in as a payable metal. So he's always asked about rhodium and how well that's doing. As you know, it hit as high as $20,000 here early in March and uh, announced. So uh, it's, it wouldn't take a lot of it to, to add something to the project. So we're working on that. He's certainly interested in following uh, the rhodium studies. Okay, interesting. It says here 24.5% is, is what he has at the moment. Um, you've also got just just shy of eight million bucks. So um, how's that being apportioned? Well, the as I said, the pre-feasibility study was four. I think we spent probably about two point six of that four now, and so we hope to have the study out. We're hoping to have it out in June, July. The, the labs, quite frankly, and the metallurgical work in that is it's just behind the times. Everything to do with assaying or anything to do with labs, metallurgical work just seems to be way behind. Everything else is coming along, so we're now saying that the the, the study will should be out and published um, in September of next year. So it's coming along well. We've uh, basically in the next week we'll have everything outside of the environmental work uh, done in the field. We had to do geotechnical drilling and uh, drilling for wells and a bunch of that stuff. So as you know, this study is is much more. Uh, a comprehensive study compared to the PEA, which is more a desktop type study. Right. So we'll have all that work and then they'll move back in to do the rest of the desktop stuff. And uh, uh, we're waiting, just getting going on a fairly big uh, metallurgical study, uh, about a $700,000 study. So it'll be a lot of the, the balance of the work before we can finalize the documents. Do you think because of the, how long this company, because the model that you employ, this, this company, has been around a long time. Obviously, you, you spin things out and, and and create shareholder value. Hopefully, that that, that way. Um, but you're sitting on just shy of you know 300 million shares fully diluted. Which, if you're in Australia, that's nothing. But in North America, it's it's less understood or, or it's perceived negatively. Um, and you, you know, with sort of 60 percent uh, uh, retail shareholder uh, registry on the register. Um, is that, a, is that a negative for you? Is that something that you get pushed back on um, a lot? And, and, and if so, you know, have you thought about doing something? Or if, if, if not, why not? Well, it's funny. When I first went to Vancouver in 1985, I think they thought a 10 million share company was a lot of shares. You know? <laughs> so it, it certainly has changed a bit. There are lots of companies in the one to three or 400 million, 500 million share range in Canada now. But it's not excuse me, something that we were used to. And uh, I think there probably is a little bit of pushback on, on you know, the amount of shares outstanding, but it's just, it is what it is right now. And, uh, and I think that we need to get this study out and, and, and get the stock moving into some bigger institutional hands, uh, which back in the mid 2000s, we probably were 40 or 50% owned by institutions. And then that slowly started to disappear in the in the 10 years from about 208 to 218 but it's slowly coming back we've got uh, we've got a few institutions involved now and uh, hopefully want to bring more in but 
you know, it's the old story. If we get a couple more uh, groups that want to buy 10 or 15% of the company, it wouldn't take much to change the share price. Yeah. And, and what are you sitting on? I know his management's like 6%. Is that is management you or is that literally the... Yeah, it's board? mostly me. It's mostly me, but I do have a, a couple directors that own a couple couple million shares altogether. Right. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay, so um, what, what are we looking at for this year? 2022, big, big moment. So is the PFS, sorry, remind the, the timing for the delivery of PFS is when? Yeah, we should have the PFS done before the end of September and, and announced. That's our plan. Um, again, probably got a, about a million four to spend uh, to finalize that up. A uh, big part of the last work will be this metallurgical work, and then they'll put the documents together. Uh, we've done all the field work that needs to be done. Uh, except for they'll be back in the field doing some more environmental work. We've got a group now that have done, this will be the fourth year uh, working with us on the environmental side. So we're coming along well there. Um, then, um, you know, there's a couple things happening. We uh, announced uh, this, this rhodium study, and so there'll be announcements coming out on it um, over the year trying to get it as a payable metal. We did find a new area that's about 50 to 100 meters away from our known resources that uh, we'd like to drill. Um, we have an area called Banshee that's only got 22 holes in it. We want to continue drilling it to make sure that we either eliminate it or add it to the resources. Uh, we've done some modern day geophysics in the northern four kilometers. We've got nine different targets we'd love to drill there. One of them, we only drilled on one. We've already added a couple million tons and, and there's more to be done there. So they're, they're definitely good targets. We'd like to do modern day geophysics through the whole 16 kilometers again. And uh, that'd be another 12 kilometers of work there. And as I say, only about 60% of that was drilled and it's not all drilled. So there's, there's a lot. If we had an extra five or $10 million, we could have a couple of drills out there going 24 hours a day right now. Um, so there's, you know, the project is not completely uh, uh, explored by any means, and we think there's a whole lot more potential in terms of adding ounces. Brilliant. Look, Harry, look, I appreciate your time um, today. Kind of, it's like fresh run through the story. Uh, we'll take a take a, a while to kind of absorb that, and maybe we come back and have a slightly more technical conversation about how your job program is. Um, has been has been uh, planned and 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 the model etc so uh thanks again for your time thank you for your time appreciate it